This episode of The Local Wave is brought to you by The Sanctuary. If you're in a small band, you know how hard it can be to promote yourself. Well, I'm here to tell you that the guys at The Sanctuary want to help. They offer a studio space where they create a full audiovisual experience for you to share with the world. For more information, check out SanctuarySessions.tv. Again, that's SanctuarySessions.tv. And be sure to follow them on social media at Sanctuary underscore Sessions. This episode is also brought to you by Standard Gallery. Standard Gallery is a new online art gallery with a mission to make buying art less intimidating and more accessible to everyone. They partner with artists to help produce, market, and distribute their work. Learn more at standard-gallery.com. Again, that's standard-gallery.com. What's up, Nashville? Welcome to the Local Wave Conversations with the Nashville Underground. I'm the host, Alex McWilliam. Uh, this week we tried something new out. We got a part two Julian Dente of Youth. Uh, I wanted to do a track by track breakdown of his new album, Blame, that comes out today. So go check it out everywhere Apple Music, Spotify. Freaking download, pay some money for it, support good artists. The record, I seriously can't, I just can't recommend it highly enough. Uh, I've listened to it a lot this weekend to prepare, and it's just so, so, so good. So um, if you're into, you know what, I'm not even going to tell you the bands that I would compare it to. Just go check it out for yourself. Um, You probably have Spotify or some streaming service, so it's not going to cost you anything. So go check it out, um, and then go see him if he's ever around you he's one of my super good friends and i'm glad we got to do this part two with him um i'm gonna probably skip all of the regular things except for to say uh to go to at the local wave everywhere and go follow us um and i'll hit up all the rest of the stuff at the end i really want to get into this conversation uh so there's time for me to talk later let's get into this conversation with julian from youth We're back. We're back. We're back. And we're back. And you got headphones. Yeah. You got headphones now. And you can hear yourself. Yeah. From what I he told me. And you me, have a laptop this time and not just like a notebook. Well, I still do the notebook, but <laughs> for you, the purpose of making notes on your record, it just was easier to uh, yeah. you know, do type them all out. Do a text edit action. Yeah. No, I'm on the pages. You know, I've got the full, full thing. Steve would be proud. It's saved as youth. <laughs> did you put the little, the little chop? I did, yeah. Little chop, chop. Yeah, well, it's chop. a lot easier on the Mac. You yeah. just got to hold it down. <laughs> yeah, it shows you all the options. Like, well, are you trying to speak in Swedish or yeah. Spanish? I or? was trying to. I had to Google it the other day because on my uh, on my work computer because yeah. I don't know why I was trying to type your your name. I don't remember, but you're just looking at pictures of me, probably. I was or just typing your name on a random document. document. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like some shining shit. <laughs> I just watched that movie for the first time, like a couple months. Are ago. Are you serious? Yeah. You hadn't seen it? No. I feel like that is like your bread and butter. Like you oh, it was would incredible. Love... Yeah, it's amazing. I, I loved it so much. I didn't sleep for a week when I was fourteen and saw it. We just watched. Uh, I just watched Sixth Sense for the first time Where, this weekend. What have you been doing? I was homeschooled. I don't. I watch, missed everything. I don't watch movies. Okay. Yeah. It's. I mean. I I watch movies like if they're on or whatever, but it's not like an activity I do yeah, very often. I, I get it. I don't like I get fidgety in movies usually, but 
Yeah, and I missed a bunch of classics, but for some oh, reason me I too. saw it. Like, have you seen The Goonies? I I think so. Okay, then Maybe probably not. The whole not. Way through. Probably not. Yeah. Because I caught so much shit for not knowing Goonies things. I mean, I know like the Hey You Guys. You know, like I know all that stuff, but I don't. I don't what is Hey You Guys? Or the Truffle Shuffle. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. Goonies Never Say Die and all yeah. that shit. Like, I didn't know and just like... Still don't really. Like this I is saw, a fun topic. I want to know all the things you didn't know because you're homeschooled. Well, <laughs> man, you know some of that's appropriate, some of it's not. <laughs> Tell me all the sex stuff you didn't Tell know because all- you're homeschooled. <laughs> <laughs> you want to know something funny? My dad got me into skateboarding when I was like seven years old because he was a skateboarder, and um, but he so he would buy me Transworld skateboarding, you know those magazines. Yeah. Some people got Thrasher. I got Transworld, um, which I think is cooler. But he loved me so much, or something. I think he just loved me so much. He would go through every magazine that he bought me page by page with a sharpie, and and black out all the swear words, Whoa. and then tear out all the like ads that had girl like tits and <laughs> I just said tits shit. I hate the word tits all the booby ads he yeah would, he would tear those out so he would spend like an hour like on these magazines that he would buy me and then just be like all right well you're not gonna learn anything bad but now you like skateboarding <laughs> so I have to like protect you <laughs> from the that's world crazy and I would like try to see through the sharpie and like yeah so that's my homeschooling story that's sick yeah. I actually kind of did a version of that with music but it was more because I was self-righteous and in a Christian band. So I felt like I couldn't, I like really prided uh, myself on not swearing for like a long time sure. when I was in, in like, I did that for a bit. Yeah. You like, you latch onto something. You're like, well, this is my gospel yeah. now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like really into not swearing. And so when iTunes came out on buying CDs and stuff, I had this criteria. If the record had, Three or more swear words. There's I, a number. I wouldn't buy it, and I would. But I would buy the songs. I would read the lyrics and buy the songs that didn't swear on iTunes, <laughs> so I could have them on my iPod. And so then you were on AZ lyrics, like yes, check it out. Yes, <laughs> I I remember doing it for like every time I die and Circus Survive. Uh, Circus like, Survive like, like didn't swear. They had one song. Stop the fucking car. Yeah, I listened to it, it today. It it's was on my time capsule song. playlist or whatever. It's an incredible song. Which is funny that that's happening now. I know. It's crazy. They, I would say it's really good, but they put a B2K song I've never heard ever mm. in it. I haven't gotten to a place like where I've never heard something yet. Yeah. They started mine with In Regards to Myself by Under Oath, and I was like, you fucking get me. I want to say that was on mine, too. Maybe Reinventing Your Exit. It was the beginning. It was just like, I remember my drum cover that has since been removed from <laughs> YouTube of In Regards. That I have, me, and I me watch Me and a night. wife beater at 14, just so angry at everything and nothing, playing <laughs> In Regards with a little, my mom's like camcorder, um, me hitting the lamp really loudly. Uh yeah, I like had it propped on like a table. Yeah, you like, did. You you know, yeah. remember those ones with like the flip out screen? Like, well, at least you're actually playing drums. I a hundred percent made videos of myself like pretending to scream in my room. So you you did vocal covers of not you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, of, like Norma Jean shit. Well, yeah, but maybe that's why your stage presence is so great. I don't know. I haven't played in a year, so I wouldn't know. It hasn't been a year. Almost. 
that show at the end? Oh, well, it's it was a while ago. It was like February or March. We're almost at the end of the year. Yeah, but it's not even Christmas. Don't do that. <laughs> well, anyway, you made a Hi. record. Yeah, I made a record. We couldn't talk. Well, we did talk about it last time a little bit. You gave me the name of the record. And then you sent it to me, and... Yeah, the record's called Blame, and it comes out in, like, two weeks. I know. I'm so excited. I Yeah, I'm kind of excited. What day, exactly? The 27th. Yeah, I think that's... That's exactly... Well, it's, like, not this Friday, but it's the next Friday. Okay, so this will come out that day, too. Oh, I think shit. it's two days. Yeah. Cool. So you get to hear... if This will be, like, the... You know, on Spotify, where they have, yeah, like, yeah, the track-by-track track commentary? <laughs> the first time that I saw that was Pianos Become the Teeth, actually. Oh, Yeah. They did the commentary on their record. I listened to like some of it. It was cool. Well, that's what we're about to do today. Right. We're going to go track by track? Yeah. Sick. Well, I figured we'd talk about it a little bit first, just yeah. get some general th- stuff. Some thematic elements. And then, yeah, just go straight up track by track. Okay. I've listened to every track many times. So do you like it? I love it. I can't hear it anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? I get that. It's been go- It's been done for so long. How long has it been done for? The, r- the record has been mastered for... A year and a half. What took you so long? What do you mean? I can tell you. I can tell you in detail about things that have been disappointing. If you want to. No, I don't want to. Okay. I can just say that there were a lot of words said and a lot of assumptions made. And, you know, some just different ideas about direction. And it came to a point where... There was one last push that it was going to come out a certain way, and then it didn't work out, and now it's like kind of a fuck it. These songs are old at this point to me, and I still want to love them when they come out at least a little bit. So I'm going to put it out, and I think that good music speaks for itself over time, and I'm going to see if it speaks for itself over time Hmm. without a big push from anybody else. So that's I've, what's happening. Because I've heard all these songs live, like, multiple times. Dude, that song, Crooked Lines? Yeah. I wrote that when I was 19. That was the last song that I listened to before I got came here. That's the last one I listened to. Yeah, it was... It's, it's a six-year-old song. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, dang. So that's why I'm just, like, I'm, I'm excited for it to be out because I can't live with it anymore (laughs) it's just like i'm about to get married i'm about to like transition into a whole different time of life and like i can't carry this part of it anymore you know what i mean it feels like it kind of feel like a time capsule it does yeah because i listen back to it and i'm like i don't know that kid like Hmm. well i do i I remembered all the places i wrote those songs from and some of them were last year like i wrote some of those songs the day that we recorded them but some of them just like man i hope that this speaks to somebody who needs it because like that was a very silly version of myself or like a very like hopeless kind of small-minded version of myself and you know maybe i'll say that about songs i write in the future or whatever but like they're just they're just young young person songs for me (laughs) you know like a very young julian well it it is young for sure i mean they're but at the same time i wrote here that the general theme that i got was that it is about moving on and about like kind of saying to me, at least it felt like it was about the trend, like making that transition into sure. the new part of your life. 
I uh, yeah, I listened. My favorite song on the record is "Fade," which is the last one, and you know the last line is "Let it fade away." And um, I was kind of it. It kind of bummed me out, but also made me feel like this sort of like it was almost like a self fulfilling prophecy. That song, like it being the last song in this record that has taken forever and and made me realize like, hey, maybe this isn't the only direction that I take music like under this banner, under this artist name. You know, like it's kind of felt like I have to just let it go. I have to let a version of my dream go and fade and, you know, and I try to find cosmic signs and everything. And, you know, I try. Are you an Enneagram four? Yes, I am. Same. Are you? You're like a happy one, though. Oh no, I'm bummed, dude. Are you bummed? <laughs> Are you bummed? Oh yeah, I go to therapy. It's great. Yeah, I go tomorrow morning. Yeah, oh, it's the best. I'm going to school to be a therapist. Yeah, I've been thinking about going to school to do that. I didn't go to school, but I'm thinking about doing that. Yeah, I'm going in uh, January. That's sick. Yeah, that's really cool. We so, should talk about that yeah, after this. Cool. Um, um yeah. So, where did you produce the record? Some general questions. Okay, so. Produce, as in, like, like where what does did that you, mean? What like, does that mean for you? Where did you create the record? A lot of places. But, um, so some of the songs were, one of the songs, the song Blame, the title track, I recorded it at my buddy Quinn's house, at his studio, a few years ago, and we did everything but vocals, and then it was just never finished, it was never right, and then finally, during the recording of this whole record, which was at my house at the time with Seiji Inouye and Joe Hutchinson. Um, we finished that one up. We got all the, we got the session and just did vocals over what we had already done. Quinn and I, Quinn and I had already done. Um, so mostly I made that record just in the basement of my house. Huh? Yeah. Are you? Oh, I was burping. I didn't want it to be. Oh, okay. I thought you were telling me that I was too close or something. (laughs) No, I can hear myself so much now, and I'm worried that I'm just loud. No, this is weird for me, too. This is the first just time we have burp done, in the I've mic next time. <laughs> just pull an Evan Davis. Did he do that? Like four times. <laughs> like like so many times. He, uh, ate, like, he ate like a hot dog or a, a, a vegan hot dog while he was, sure, sure. while we were doing it, and he just like went for it. I listened to that podcast. I don't remember him doing that. Also, their new record is so, so sick. Album of the year. It's so good. In my man. opinion. I still haven't texted them about that, but yeah, anyway, made my record in my basement yeah. with Seiji and Joe. That's who worked on and it. And Tequila. Yeah. Who did what? Seiji well, they both did a lot of things, but Seiji mostly engineered and mixed it. And Joe engineered and mixed a few tracks as well. But Mostly was there for mastering and some ideas. And you recorded all of it? Yeah, we did. Nice. Yeah, I played I played everything except Joe. Um, Joe did slide guitar on Hey Carolina. And, uh, and then I had Marcus Midkiff and Ben Kaufman on strings on that song Fade and the song Glow. So they came in as well. Mm. Gosh, but, so uh, talented. Uh, shut, <laughs> shut your face. So yeah, I played I played everything else, which was it was cool, man. It was like 
I can hear. I could like. I've only seen you play drums one time, and that was with Body Origami. Actually, oh yeah, at the I Halloween for, show. I forgot that was a fun show. It, it was. A super it was fun, fun being show. Pete for a second. Um, but that was the uh, like the way that you played drums. Like I could, I could visually see it while I listened to it. Really? Like, it, like it, it, it was just so you. That's cool. Like the punchiness of the of the bass drum, especially. I don't know why that like stood out to me so much, but. I try to kick through it. Yeah, it it was. It I try. Got to, me. I try to be Will Chapman from Colony House when I play drums. Nice, because he's the best drummer, and he, I think, he breaks kick drum heads because he kicks so hard. I I really think he does. The only time the hardest I've ever seen anyone was David with the chariot. He yeah. literally broke, not through the. He broke through the drum head before, but he broke the the part that his foot goes on. He broke the pedal? And like like yeah, the part that, that his foot sets on. Oh, oh, this is still happening too. Is this that apple thing? Oh my god. What is the apple this thing? This is so good. It's apple cider and bourbon equal parts, I think. Does Kyle not speak on podcasts? Does he have a rule? No, we don't let him. <laughs> it's his house, but he just he has some crown rules. Yeah, I mean, we're not animals. <laughs> Um, I like your shirt. I just read it for the first time. Yeah, be kind to Morrissey or I'll kill you. I have questions about Morrissey for you. Yeah, well, we can talk about that later. <laughs> okay. There's a lot of nuance there. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so we can move on with your record. Okay. I keep trying to like distract you from myself. I know. Well, I'm too sorry. bad because your record's sick and we're going right. to talk about it. All right, fuck you. I love you. <laughs> I love you too. <laughs> where, where? How does like... Uh, is there any like specific way that you write songs? Is there a process at all, or does is it just however it comes? I don't I don't have like a formula in any way, which I think I, I wish I did a little bit more because I think that there are practiced writers who produce a lot of art that way. You know, like they just write all the time, and some of it's shit and some of it's great. You know. But I kind of only write when inspiration strikes because otherwise I'm just like, I suck and I don't, you know, everything I do sucks and like (laughs) I should just work at a restaurant and die. Like that's just what I need to do. But (laughs) most of the time it's just like I'm sitting down with the guitar and like there's a progression, there's a melody within the progression and I find a few words that fit that melody you know and maybe it fits a mood I'm in maybe it like just is a couple of words that I start writing from that spark an idea and then like that song fade like I wrote it all in one night and it was just from that phrase let it fade and I wrote a whole thing about just kind of you know just victimization and the mindset behind that we'll get there okay all right anyway <laughs> my process is very reactive which has worked for me thus far, but as of late is not what I would recommend, you know? Yeah. Because it, it's very honest, but it's not very consistent. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't, it only not works much when it works. It. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I get that. Yeah. It's but I also, terrifying. it's very terrifying. Yeah. And you know that. Yeah. Because like, what if it doesn't work? Well, yeah. But like what's been cool actually with, all of the 
you know, and people, when they hear this record, they're not going to hear like what I hear, which is like my failure to put it out in a different way or like in a different, from a different standpoint, from a different level of quote unquote success, you know, they're not going to hear that, but that's what I hear. And so actually what's cool about the fear of like, what if it doesn't work is it's kind of like, I already feel what that's like right now based on my expectations and my hopes. Mm. Like it hasn't worked, you know? And that, and maybe that's like, yeah. And maybe that's like a shitty mindset that might be like victimized and kind of self fulfilling about the way, the reasons I wrote the record. Like I wrote the record about people who are in victimized mindsets, including myself. Um, which is why it's called blame. It's just, you know, where are you putting it? But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm like, I'm not scared at this point about it not working. Cause I feel like it already didn't, you know what I mean? So I'm just like, you seem like just you free. I'm, I'm freed from it mostly. And there are, there are days where I'm like, I'm really bummed about, you know, that scene in 500 days of summer of expectations versus reality. I think we talked about this last time we probably we talked. It's one of my favorite scenes in, in cinema for some reason. I just, I love the way it works and the, the song behind it, whatever. But it's like, I, sometimes I, while listening to my own record, if I'm just like in one of those modes where I'm like, Hey, I want to hear this again. I'm like, I have that image playing in my mind of just like the things that I saw happening with these songs versus like, you know, what is my current reality waiting to put them out, you know, but other times it's just like, I'm stoked on my own work and how much I put into it and what happens happens. And that's like more what I'm feeling lately. So yeah, yeah. that's, that's mostly freedom. I think. Yeah. Is that more than you wanted? No, that's perfect. Cool. That's what podcasts are for more than anybody wanted. <laughs> You're so right. Um, so I guess we'll just get into it. Okay. The one thing, I mean, this kind of ties into what you were talking about. Uh, this, you start the record off on a pretty hopeful note, you know, of, that, of what you're talking about. Does I mean, that sound hopeful to you? It, it sounds like kind of backhandedly hopeful, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, but it's still hopeful. I <laughs> yeah, mean, even right. just the word, I mean, the song is called All Right Kid, and even the word all right is yeah, totally, you're not bad, you know, but clearly, like, something's happened. It's not good, but we're gonna be okay. You yeah. know, it's essentially yeah. I wanted you know, the Kendrick like... Lamar of 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 emo. <laughs> That's me, dude. <laughs> You're gonna be alright, kid. Gonna be alright. Gonna be alright, kid. Gonna be alright. See, what, are you like asking about that song? Yeah. I mean, I wrote it, I started writing it sarcastically, like, you're going to be all right, kid. You know, like, the kid part was kind of bringing somebody down to size. And also, like, I think I wrote it at myself initially, like, just, like, bitching about something. Like, you're going to be all right, kid, you know? Just keep it together. You're fine. But also, just, like, I think I wrote it seeing people in shitty relationships and struggling with addiction, struggling with just, you know, self image and falling into the trap of self hatred. That is actually like from self absorption, you know, like Mm. this egotistical self deprecation 
um, that is so easy to like fall into as a form of sadness, as a form of comfortable sadness. And I, you know, it angers me and also brings me to like, makes me feel compassionate at the same time. It's like kind of a, a dualistic feeling. Hmm. Um, so I think, it, yeah, I think you're exactly right. I think it's backhandedly hopeful. It's, it's like, come on, fucking like pick yourself up. But like, I, you're going to be all right. I think the music too, the, because it's one, I mean, it, it's kind of the pop, one of the poppiest songs in the record. Yeah, it's, so yeah, that also lends itself to the more positive nature. It totally. reminded me when I first put it on, I'd heard it once, like you showed me the record after we did the first episode, but typically when people, uh, show me things early and I, if I have like, like I have access to them whenever I want, I don't, I don't like taking advantage of it because I want to experience it the way it's like you want me to essentially. Right. Like so the actual release, you mean? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so I hadn't listened to it since then and I put it on and maybe just because he passed recently, but I, Tom Petty was the first thing I thought of. That's really interesting. Like the, the, especially the, just the melody, like the way you were singing reminded me of Tom Petty so much. You know, somebody actually told me that not that long ago. Shannon Douglas told me that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Shannon. Hey, what up, Shannon? So now you're the emo Tom Petty. Emo Tom Petty. And Kendrick Lamar, just <laughs> mix. If you put Tom Petty and Kendrick Lamar in a blender, you get youth. Oh my god, that <laughs> sounds awful. Well, that's cool. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I mean, that's he was one of my first influences. Yeah, that's oh, the well, first. That's, that's the first record I learned all the way on drums. Really, all the way through on drums. Which record? My dad threw it at me while I was playing metal on my on my drums. What record? Uh, Wildflowers, I guess. Is it, wait, what is the name of that record? Wildflowers. It is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, he threw it at me <laughs> while I was playing like some between the buried and me song on drums and double kicking the house down. You right. Know? He's like, learn this. He opened be the door and threw it at me and it hit me in the chest while I was playing. <laughs> Literally and figuratively, I'm sure. Um, yeah, both. Um, so too late, Tennessee. Again, to me, kind of seemed like backhandedly, like a backhanded ode to where you grew up. Yeah. Um, cause you've talked to me about wanting to move before. Yeah. I think everybody has to like, at least voice some sort of fuck this town, you right. know, if, if they've been somewhere for a while. But again, like, I mean, the lyric that, um, you put in was you won't leave me alone, which almost sounds positive. Yeah, so it's almost positive. Yeah. It's like it, it was a little bit of a so in the positive way, if you're framing it that way, I think it's a maybe a little bit of an somebody like angrily talking to God, like like somebody who challenges them all the time, somebody who is a a present sense of like you can do better than this like that's an annoying that's an annoying presence right like somebody who's just always reminding you like hey i love you you can be better like that's an annoying thing to a person who doesn't want to be or who is tired of doing any work right so i think the hope out of that song would be like in a prayerful kind of way like you won't leave me alone god or you know and 
and I heard that after I wrote it, it wasn't really like a motive behind it, but that was like maybe a side of it that could be taken. Yeah. Um, but I think I was mostly writing it from a sense of just like, just feeling stuck and like, you know, I, I've been here my whole life, been here 25 years now and I was 23 when I, when I wrote that, but, uh, it was like, how do you feel about that sentiment now? As a 25 year old. I mean, I, I get it. I don't, I don't feel as angsty about it. Like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm marrying the girl, my dreams in 25 days. And I'm like, I want to have a family here and I want to be able to travel. I want to tour and come back here. Like, I think this is an amazing place, but I think I was feeling, you know, very stuck in my patterns, but also objectively seeing that I didn't want to change them and just, just, feeling feeling very trapped was it because you were going to crema too much it was because i was just smoking cigarettes and drinking and <laughs> going to coffee shops and it was just like that's when i met you yeah exactly like all i was doing was just smoking drinking drinking coffee trying to meet girls and just like succeeding and failing all at the same time and like knowing that i wanted to do other things but not knowing what else to do so doing the same thing and i think that's like a very common frustration for, for 23 year olds for certainly. for 23 year olds for sure and for a lot of people who yeah. are just trapped in patterns that they see aren't what they want but they don't see anything better so so blame is my favorite song in Also, like five years ago. Um, that's your favorite one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. Easily. That's cool. I mean, not, I mean, easily makes it sound like, Dude, like the other ones aren't good, but easily, like it was fine. just, it, I love how it builds, you know, and, and it's ends cool, right? It's the, like, it's like a ramp. It's yeah. just, it never stops building. I, I thought that was really cool from a production standpoint. Yeah, well, and, you know, like the how you change up, like, the first verse and the second verse, like, both, mus- you know, musically, like, mm-hmm. adding little, like, little things. Like yeah, just, just little, like little ear little candy twists. things. Yeah. yeah. And then the end, obviously, with the, the screaming. <laughs> it's awesome. I love it. That was fun. I was like, I want to do this. Did that at, like, 2 in the morning. I can't really scream. Like, you can scream way better than I can. I can't really do it. But that was like my best attempt. I felt I felt pretty good about it. It was fun. That song was, you know, it was just out of a out of a young breakup and just throwing punches, throwing lyrical punches, and even like including lyrics of that person's song at the end of the song. I don't know if you heard that. No. <laughs> Dang, that's brutal. It's so silly. But it was like when I wrote it, I was. I wasn't mad anymore by the time I was recording it. I wasn't like hurt. It was so funny to me, like to include, to, to be that typical Nashville of like writing a song about a songwriter you dated and like including their lyrics as like a jab. That's like, like a super <laughs> hip hop thing to do. That's like hip hop as hell. Back, back to being Kendrick again. No, I guess. for real. No, it's like, it was so fun. Like after I did that, I la- I was just like, cackling just this is so stupid and funny but like it works perfectly and it fits the sentiment of the song like do they know about it 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. We've texted about it. Like she, she was like, "Hope I didn't inspire that single." And I was like, "You know, like, I was a long time ago. <laughs> I'm getting married soon. Like, right? We're good." Wait, are you getting married soon? Hey, my dude, dude, I've been there. Don't worry about it. It's awesome. I'm not like, I'm not even bragging that. Yeah, I'm bragging, dude. It's good. You should be. If you're it's not also bragging, just, it's like the only thing I've been thinking about for like five months. Well, understandable. Yeah. So. Why was this the, like why did you name the record after this song? Blame? Yeah. Because I looked back on all the lyrics and it's literally the I I say that word the most out of every everything. Like it was originally named Better Than Broken, which was a line from that song Glow, which I thought was cool. I just thought that was like a hopeful kind of phrase. But the more I like, the more I heard it, the more I read it, I was like, eh, I don't know if it really captures the whole record. It sounds a little bit too Hillsong-y, you know? That's <laughs> a little corny. That's a little corny. It works in the, I actually, I've picked out like lyrics for each song that I really liked, and that was actually the lyric that I, I liked. Sure. So I like, don't know if I would like it as an album title. Totally. Um. So Blame was just like real simple and... I saw it all over the record and also saw that I was mostly writing about people or me blaming other people or situations for their own problems. And I was like, you know, that's the theme, man. No. It's just blame. Fair. Fair. Hey, Carolina. Hey, Carolina. I've seen you play this song like 50 times. Carolina. writing it as a like a positive love song while I was in this pretty short silly relationship and um I think I kind of ripped off night beds I don't listen to them I don't know Kyle would, Kyle would know but we don't I, want him talking. know and I, I I mean I know Winston he'll never hear this but I think I I think I ripped him off pretty bad by accident that Ramona song I don't you've you've probably heard it maybe um you know, if you follow John Mayer on Twitter, he tweeted about it. <laughs> Dang. Damn. Uh, it's it's kind of like it was my stab at Americana rock and, you know, like the, the Nashville Americana rock thing. I wanted to, like, take a stab at it and not just be the emo kid and, like, include all the states of girls I've dated. <laughs> it's like... It's yeah, kind of a girl in Rhode Island. Yeah, shout out to New Hampshire. That's where I'm from. Talk about blame. That's yeah. that's that one. <laughs> Same girl. <laughs> um, I it's just, also kind of the ke- like catchiest one, or maybe not catchiest one, but it's the most like straightforward. Very straightforward. Yeah. You know, like, but it was also like it was the most fun to record. Hmm. Besides fade, it was the most fun to record just because from a guitar part standpoint. Just like my favorite guitar tone on the record, so chorusy and like, like it's a that fun song. Yeah, it's just fun. Like, and it's like not. It's just kind of a silly lyric about just you know, just longing. It's just all longing. Yeah, and heartbreak. So, I don't know. Someone new is actually the song that I would say is the one you taking a stab at 
Nashville Americana. Yeah. So I mean, it's kind of that's why I put those two bluesier. together. That one, like, is it's Very stomp blue. clappy. Yeah. You know, and it's like people who really like the song "Blame" are probably not gonna really like someone new. <laughs> There's there's a couple genres on the record, I think. Like I don't know if it. I think it works as one piece of art, but someone, I feel like you kind of it is bluesy and stomp clappy, but like you made a like a your version of it. Like yeah, you know, maybe. it could easily fit with that genre certainly, but like I feel like putting that back to back against any of those bands it's, whoever you want to mention you, you could still tell like this guy you know there's something different yeah i guess what i mean is like you know an intuit over it record doesn't have any of those on it right you know he's just like that's evan weiss and he'll do these things but this record like has some moments where you'd be like well that's kind of american football or that's kind of like you know starting line and that's kind of like intuit over it or whatever but that song is just like, I don't really know. <laughs> it has, I feel like, one just my new favorite brutal breakup line, which is, I thought I wanted you too, but I met someone new. Yeah, and you know, it's so sassy. <laughs> and so, like, and it sounds, it sounds really mean. It is. I, when I heard that, I was like, ooh, dang. <laughs> but it's not about anything specific. Like I just, I just heard it. I just like kind of heard that rhyme and like that melody with that guitar part, and I was like, yeah, that's that can sound like melancholy and and also just like really confidently like this is better, right. <laughs> you know. And it well, at least it wasn't about anybody. No, no, <laughs> it's like there's no actual tie to anything that that was like i mean dude i i don't think i could be that verbally cruel to somebody maybe i could i don't know but that's what art is for i would argue is to say those things that you and the thing is like wish you could say maybe maybe it was written out of a like a place of wanting that or a place of like you know wanting to say that to somebody but like i don't I, I can't trace it back to any actual like happening in my life. That's fine. I think, but I, I do think that like people are, people can relate to that feeling at least, you know, certainly. And so they can sing along to me singing it and not have to tell anybody, that, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the dead weight, that one's kind of just a, like a slow and steady. It's just like, it's jam, just kind of a jam. Tom's a lot. Yeah. It was the first one. Dead weight a lot. (laughs) A lot. (laughs) Well, we recorded. It was just a two chord jam. It's two chords. Yeah. Until the bridge. It's like one other chord. Uh, 
Yeah, and, and that one, I almost didn't put it on the record because I was like, this is kind of boring. Hmm. But Seiji was like, no, it's it's dope. It's it's like a driving song. It's like it fits where you put it on the record. Yeah, I, it's a good like middle of the record. Sort of a, so. like a bridge back from Americana Land to like, all right, come on back. It's like back to being being Telly. Run emo over here. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do I make emo music though? Like, is, is it emotional music? I mean, yeah. all the bands I would generally what compare you like, to would it's be sort of like. I listen to bands that are labeled as emo, like Dashboard, like, or I don't know, is Taking Back Sunday emo, like, or, uh, see, I think of like a, so it went all all those bands to me are sort of like the second and third wave of, of that genre, you know, the bands like American football or braid or whoever, like the started it. And I certainly hear that influence as well. You know, but, uh, you know, I think with you, I hear more of like, a. yes, you clearly grew up listening to all the bands we've talked about, but there's also Tom Petty. There's also like folky influences. There's also, you know, there's, there's many different layers to it. If you're listening for that kind of stuff. I gotcha. Yeah. That's where like, I question, I kind of feel not legit talking from that standpoint like being in the DIY scene being in the emo type scene being in like more of that side of music because I'm like I feel like I write poppy melodies and like it's too accessible to be labeled as that same thing so I'm like I'm quick to second guess like well, I think that's... can this be put in the same category as these bands who are just like doing whatever the fuck they want because they want to Whereas I'm like trying to like think about accessibility a lot of times in in melodies and stuff, and I don't know, maybe that maybe that doesn't matter. Maybe I'm just too up in my head, but that's why I question that. It's like, is this emo music even? Like, what is it? What you know? And does that matter at all? Like, I don't think so. But I don't think so either. Yeah, maybe that's just me being self-absorbed. Well, it kind of you're. It's why you're able to that accessibility is why you're able to kind of function between different scenes here in Nashville too. Yeah, I guess so. You know. Yeah, I I kind of like that because like songs like um, like someone new would fit very easily on Lightning One Hundred. Sure. You know, but sure. then you can also go and play a basement house show with a bunch of other like DIY emo bands, and it'd be normal. It wouldn't be weird totally totally you know yeah i'd I'd, say that's a good thing i'd say diversity is always a good thing yeah i think it is i think i just like i get worried that if you don't fit into one thing do you fit into anything you know what i mean it's probably not good to fit in anything yeah maybe not but you know my whole my whole personality like is like where do i belong what's my identity uh you know if we're gonna we talked to enneagram a second yeah, yeah a second ago no, I get it. So, but all those people were, I mean, Enneagram 4 is like Prince and like Morrissey and like yeah. Robert Smith. Like all those people. Is Morrissey a 4? Of oh, course yeah. he is. I don't know why. I mean, like all one. those people were people who started things and were the, you know, yeah. thought outside the box and were probably worried that they didn't fit into a box, but at the same time were like creating their own boxes. Yeah. yeah. It's funny, man. I've been stunted creatively because I 
like I've been in a mindset of like, well, where do I fit for a while? And while I was making this record, I wasn't at all. Hmm. I was just like, fuck yeah, what I'm doing is awesome. You know, it and whether, whether or not that's like a good mindset to be in or not, like it produced a lot of art all at the same time. Yeah. Which is cool. Moving on. Yeah. Crooked true. lines. Crooked Lines. That's uh, the oldest that's one. That's the oldest song. Yeah, I wrote that one. I was like 19 or 20. I think 19 or 20. Yeah. And I, dude, that was like, I wrote that, that was like the first time I remember getting drunk. <laughs> and it was like my first real heartbreak. It was just like. I tried to fit my world between your Crooked Lines. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> it was just like, it was uh, a time where I was. I was dating this girl who was in this different, just a different social area than me. And I probably made that a bigger deal than she did, but it still felt bad. And then there was like, you know, there was some miscommunication about expectation of relationship and some maybe, maybe cheating, maybe we're not together, maybe cheating though. (laughs) Literally, I mean... You know what I've, I mean? I've had this exact situation <laughs> happen. And it was like I was getting texts while it was sort of happening and I was 19 and not equipped to deal with, <laughs> with the situation well. And I was like, I'm going to drink all of these drinks that are sugary and carbonated <laughs> and alcoholic and then I'm going to throw up a lot and then I'm going to write this this song about it later. And... uh that's what I did, man. I just had a real bad night <laughs> with some friends helping me through a situation while I was a young man. Hey, that's what friends are for. <laughs> it reminds me of a lot of Reliant K, this song in particular. It does? Yeah. That's funny. Oh, oh, dude. It. I know what you're talking about. Um, which to bury us or the hatchet. That's like, that was my, that was my jam at the time. Oh, okay. That, that makes was, sense. That's a song off of Mm-hmm, I think. Yeah, I don't... It was like Crooked Lines and uh, All Right Kid, when those songs came on, those were the two where I got like that immediately like, like... Matt Hoops guitar stuff, yeah. Yeah, and then when I heard All Right Kid, I was like, oh, Tom Petty. You know, like it was mm. like immediate. No, if you listen to the chorus of uh, of Witch to Bury Us with a Hatchet, it's the chorus of Crooked Lines Oh yeah. Much. I'm just, and I'm realizing that while talking to you, like, <laughs> shit, yeah, it's the You're same welcome. thing. And like, Tyson like has an amazing range in that song. He like is screaming in that song. It's super cool. Not what I'm doing at all, but it's like the same kind of feel of like guitar and drums together. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, hallelujah. Also an old song. Yeah. Also like 20 or 21. And I, you know, wrote it while I was kind of an insomniac. And I was like just leaving my house at 2 or 3 in the morning, going to Cafe Coco, skating around Nashville by myself, 
kind of in this weird like what is what is the per- the point of anything what is my purpose kind of stuff and trying to come to a realization while being in that state of mind of like of just of just gratitude that's all it was really it's an exaggeration it's funny like explaining where songs come from it's so silly to look at the lyrics and then be like yeah well i was just like skating around and going to cafe coco you know what i mean like yeah. it's so dramatic but it, like i think that's what's cool about art is it's like you exaggerate the smallest of feelings the smallest of well that's like, the i times. i argue that's the point like you're you're supposed to feel those feelings to the nth degree sure. because then you you kind of get it out of your system yeah like you know exercising your own demons or whatever right and i yeah i and i needed to to do that in that time like i mean I obviously to, this song to me had pretty clear spiritual overtones yeah and but it was also sort of like you know saying hallelujah within like some of those some of those same verses was like praising uh, not beyond what is the word I'm I'm looking for despite praising despite despite how things are or despite how you feel like just gratitude above all it wasn't it wasn't like necessarily all spiritual it was more about like kind of the question of like okay am I just supposed to be grateful all the time despite how I feel or how things are or like, you know, what I'm hoping for versus what I'm having to do to be alive, you know? Yeah. If that, if that makes sense. Yeah. Which I assume we are supposed to be grateful all yeah, the time. Yeah, I, I do too. And I'm getting better at it. Yeah. Uh, glow. Experimental-ish. Yeah, I thought about making it like a, a normal, like, here are the drums, this is the bass kind of thing. Um, you know, building it the way most of my songs go, which is like, here's guitar and first first lyrics, and then like, here's the groove. But I just like, I wanted it to be super intimate. It's the most personal song on the record. It's the most apologetic and uh, least exaggerated song. It's very just like, this is how I screwed you over. This is how I fell short, and I'm sorry, and I hope you can move on and be what I I know you are, but not with me. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you see the person's potential. And potential is like, potential is a tricky word. Cause I think it triggers anger more often hmm. than like than actual like hope. I think potential kind of makes people feel like, well, why not me now? You know? So I don't want to say that it's just potential, but I think potential beyond life with me specifically, hmm. you know? 
I don't know why, but in this very moment, I'm totally going to ruin our conversation. Totally but fun. having these headphones is making this conversation like so much more intimate. I'm like breaking. It's very intimate. Yeah. I'm breaking the, the fourth wall here for our sure. listeners. I'm yeah. probably going to cut this out. But no, no, just I was it. just having this realization. It's like, I just love it. It's great. Yeah. Anyway. That's totally. cool. Super uh, cool. And then the last song, which is my second favorite song on the record. What's Fade. your first favorite? Oh, Blame. Blame. Honey, You like it too? You like that one? Yeah. Cool. I remember specifically seeing you play this song at Crying Wolf the last time we hung out. Oh, shit, dude. That was a bad show. Yeah, you played... uh, uh, I played Breathing Easy like... Like way fast. So fast. (laughs) I was... I had one drink too many. Just one. Like, But I could feel it and it was bad. (laughs) Oof. God, that show gives like that. It hasn't been long enough to not feel shame about that show. Oh my god! I mean, at least it was in front of like ten <laughs> like, people. Like, yeah, ten yeah. people maybe. But it was one of those ten people was like in good old war, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so there's that. Fun fact: I grabbed that guy's butt one time. I didn't even know him. Why'd you do that? I went and saw them by myself <laughs> when I was in college. Danny? Yes, I went and saw him by myself <laughs> when I was in college, and. uh they were, it was like this super <clears throat> small venue. I think only their first record was out at the time. And Dude, what an amazing I was band. like oh. right up front and um, they were leaving, like to go leave and then come back and do their encore. And I, I don't know why when I just hit his butt, I thought it was the right thing to do. <laughs> and then he like came back and like <laughs> called me out, but also was like, but it's cool. You know, <laughs> on stage. Yeah, like, he's like, this guy just uh, grabbed my butt, but it's cool. Like he's just like, <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny, and that's such a shining moment in your life. Like you remember that I saw him. I had not even thought <laughs> that about that moment for. I mean, this was like yeah. 2010 or 11 or something. Or no, this is probably 2009, maybe. Yeah, like almost 10 years ago. And so I was, I hadn't even thought about it. And then when I walked in and saw him, I was like, whoa. I've grabbed your ass. Do I need to <laughs> tell you about this? Like, I've done enough tours, he forgot. But, yeah. I was like, <laughs> he smokes enough weed, too. I believe he forgot. that. That's funny. Yeah, they were a, they were Anthony Green's backing band for yeah, a while. Yeah, because I saw, I saw, that's where I first saw them. I have a similar um, embarrassing story with him. Nice. Not grabbing his butt, but he was like kneeling down, messing with his pedals at the show, like before Anthony came out. And I was just like up front at exit in and I was like, you know, just stoked, like just as a little fan kid. And I was like, man, how long did it take you to like get all these pedals? And he he just looked at me and he's like, I mean, you know, a while. And then it was over and I was like, yeah, totally. I get it. And And then it was over and I was just like, why did, what the fuck? was I asking him why why was that my one moment to talk to him and I had to ask him how long it took him to get pedals like I love those moments it's just like I have all these like little fan moments where I'm like I'm not usually a fanboy about things but I really embarrassed myself I there. love it I love it <laughs> I even did that with Noah Gunderson who I'm like 
you know, I'm not like a huge fan of, I like his work. I think he has a cool thing going, but like I saw him like before the show and I was like, dude, Oh my God. Uh, love your songs. And he was like, thanks man. <laughs> just like, I always get, I feel like anytime you end up talking to like an artist that made something that even like remotely connected, yeah. at least like with me, like, I I don't know like I really have to try and like be cool. I've seen David Bazan twelve <laughs> times. Twelve? Twelve times. I've never seen him. I've seen him twelve times and I quite literally can't get more <laughs> than like Oh, that was awesome. Like you know, like I like I can't like like I can't like, like hardly you've, say you've anything. Met him to twelve him. times? No, but I've I've seen him in venues like most of those times where sure. I could have very easily got gone it, up to it. him and said, "Hey, what's up?" I've only done it like a handful of times. But you can only get the like, "Hey, man, just thank yeah, you. thank you." <laughs> yeah, yeah. He signed all of my records That's when so I saw him last funny. time, which was like thirteen records or, or fifteen, I think. Oh, so you're like a freak. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, "Well, I'm a creep. Sorry. Uh, here's fifteen records, please." <laughs> <laughs> but uh but he did did he give you shit at all no he was like he played two nights in the first night i brought just a couple was this exit in when he just did it by himself no this was uh the most recent one this year where he played just two house shows oh uh two days in a row and the first day i just brought a couple just my favorites and uh and then i told him i was like hey so I have like 13 other elfies <laughs> like i don't want to make you sign all of them but like I'll be back tomorrow with a couple of ways. Just like, oh, well, just bring him. I don't care. I was like, are you sure? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, yeah, sure. Why not? I don't care. And so I showed up the next day with 13 LPs in a bag. Dang. And he signed, He was like, he signed all of them. He just put them on the floor and just signed them all. I mean, you went to both shows. You paid for both shows. You're that guy. Like, yeah. of course he should sign It's $70. Stuff. So. Yeah. What, um. What 13 LPs do you have of his? Uh, all the Pedro, the How line many records. Are there? Five. There's there, five Pedros? There, there's like. I only know a few. His solo records. He's got. He's got three of those, He's right? got or three a... solo records, but then he's got like an orchestra record and a live record. Yeah. And okay, he's so got the just, headphones record. I have everything. Every LP he's ever put out I own. And then I own uh, like half of the seven inches that he has. Some of which gotcha. are. I know this is like total not anything. No, Hopefully, people care about my love for David Bazan, but I mean, I love David Bazan, yeah. just not the way you do. No, he's one I of love my all time his faves. irreverence and songwriting. Yeah, and songwriting, not yeah. Well, let's pull it back to fade. Okay, fade. Uh, it sounded yes. like fun to make. It was like so like fun. especially when it cuts out halfway through and exactly. you do the. I was the like, oh, half. I can try to be body origami for a second. Oh, it's yeah. so tight. I. When I first heard that, I was like, isn't that drink good? It's so good. I just, like, downed it. It's so good. What is it? It's just uh, it's whiskey apple. and apples? I think it's uh, half whiskey, half apple cider with, like, some brown sugar and... I'm going to eat these uh, apples, too. Like, a little bit of bitters. That's it. That's an apple. Um, but, yeah, that song just sounded like so much fun to make. Yeah. Um, so I was just playing guitar on the couch upstairs. Outside of the studio, I think Seiji and I were watching Rick and Morty or BoJack or something. And I, like, tuned the guitar super weird to, like, open D major 7 add 9 or something. Like, I don't, I had never done it. I don't know what that means. That's fine. I, did, I couldn't, 
I can tell you the notes if you want. No. Okay, I'm not going to. So I tuned it to this weird thing where the harmonics all sounded really dope and worked together, and I just started doing that, like on the harmonics. And then I was like, okay, this is cool. And I went downstairs and started playing it through the amp, and then I like somehow weirdly transitioned into that like that second section where it slows down. I just heard that riff. And so I was like playing the main riff and then I just like slowed down and played the other one. I was like, fuck, this is cool. (laughs) I got to do this right now. And so I just yelled upstairs, Sagey, Joe, we got to do this. This is cool. This is so (laughs) fucking cool. And they just like came downstairs. They were like, cool. What what are we doing? And we cut the entire track that night. Dang. I don't think we did all the vocals, but we did like. I mean, there's a lot of layers. Yeah. I like programmed the drums in and like. We got like the sections that night and it was just like, it was just there. It was, and that's, that's why it's really cool writing songs out of complete, just like inspiration. Like it feels like there's something like up in the air and you just, you manage to grab it with the right tuning or the right, like the right melody. It's just like waiting for you. And that's super cool. Like breathing easy was that way. That's why this whole thing started is like breathing easy was just like, I wrote it in one night and it was just done. I was like, okay, well, that's really good. <laughs> I don't know why, but it's just like, it was just there and it was just really good. And that's why it's like, I feel like I can say stuff about my own music that's like, that sounds cocky, that's really complimentary, but it doesn't feel like I made it in some ways where it's just like I found it. Right. You know? And that was, that's why I like Fade so much. It's like, it's so, the lyric feels so genuine. The, the melody feels like perfect with that lyric and the guitar part, the whole song came together out of complete, just shit. What is this? I just found this thing. Well, it, it's a perfect, I mean, to me, it it kind of perfectly encapsulates the, the record and it perfectly, that mood of, of moving on. I mean, it starts out with the kind of sarcastic it's going to be all right but then at the end you're you're like actually coming to terms with it you know and just being like it is going to be all right let's let it fade let's let it you know be what it is totally and yeah glow and fade are like they're tied together they're like the same situation it's just like and so glow is a little bit more like it's a little more heavy-handed in the lyric i think yeah it seems more pointed yeah, it's a little more pointed. And then Fade, I, I wanted it to feel lamenting and also, but like still consistent, like with with the message of like, let's go. And let's this record on. isn't that long. Ten songs, it's like, perfect. Perfect dude, length. I don't like longer records. Same, same. Honestly, the 1975 bugs the shit out of Too me. Too long. Stop doing that. Yeah. We get it. Like, you're going to say the word she again in this next song. I get it. <laughs> My brother. I have a theory that you can't. No artist can write ten or, or more than ten A plus songs on any record. I, Absolutely, and dude, like I would pick five from this record, my own record. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think it's a good body of art, but I know which songs I skip, so I know that people are, will skip songs and they'll go like, "Well, these four are really cool," but like, I don't really get, you know, this other part. And like, that's that's what a record is. Right. It's like it's different for everybody. Which, you know, it's cool. Somebody cares about all 20 songs on one of 1975's records. but Not this guy. Not this guy either. <laughs> yeah. Nummy. On the record, only listen to a few sides. Yeah. 
Well, damn. Damn. Back to Kendrick Lamar. Back to apples. Yeah. So how do you feel about it today? The record? Yeah. You know? I still don't hate it. Hey, I'm going to rephrase this question. Okay. Um, because, only because... I'm eating apples? Yes. No, because <laughs> I was just thinking right before I asked the last question that I can't really ask you the two questions I normally ask at the end because we already went over those, which is they? your biggest fan moment and what you're most proud of. Oh, shit. Um, but I can't ask you... Of, Maybe I'm just really good at this. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm your only... I'm your first... Uh, Part two. Part two. I was yeah. going to say second try, but that felt well, wrong. Well, <laughs> you, you're like, okay, so you're my first technical part two in um, the sense that I just had Aaron Lund release one with Aaron Lunsford, and he plays in Essie's Burn, and okay. I had Cody from Essie's Burn as the first one. So you're the first per actual person I've yeah, had back twice. See, that doesn't count. No. No, I, I agree. They're separate entities at this point. How proud do you feel of the record right now? I get is the what I was going to ask you. I don't is it know. Kind of a, that feels like a loaded question because I well, think you want me to be really proud of it. No, I I I just wanted that was, I was just wanted to use the word proud specifically because of how I normally end the podcast. Sure. You know, and it is a pretty loaded question. Regardless, <laughs> you're right. I'm really proud of the work that. Seiji and Joe and Marcus and Ben and um, Will and Quinn and and I did on it. Like, I'm really proud of what it is because of who made it and the time we spent based on no promise of anything, just doing something. I am, at this point, I feel like I've, outgrown some of what it says about me or about art or about me as an artist. I, I feel beyond it a little bit. So it's hard for me to be connected to it in a way of like, I just created this look at it, you know, now it's just like this part of my life that is now going to be public. So I don't know if that answers your question, but that's, I think my most honest answer. What song are you most proud of? Fade. Hmm. Yeah. Because I think it... I think allowing, like, room for Marcus and Ben to do a lot with strings and, like, um, trying out a different tuning and trying out a different, like, kind of a waltzy feel, you know? It's like... I think it was a really cool step for me as somebody who was feeling pretty genre specific and like alternative indie emo rock kind of thing. It was like, it felt very, it felt like a, a growing step towards like some very well thought out, like singer songwriter type integrity, you know, just staying true to what the song was and not trying to make it anything else. So I'm really proud of that one and proud of like having having like really cool string parts on it that weren't mine at all. Like when I first heard them, I cried. I was just mm. like so stoked that there was this beautiful cello pass and like violin on everything. Like 
I feel like when you have songs where there's things that you love so much on it that you didn't do, mm-hmm. <clears throat> it makes you be able to be like a fan of the song a lot more. Totally. So like if I ever if I ever pull up my own record, like that's the song I listen to because it's yeah. like this other thing that wasn't me made this a million times better. That's how I feel generally about Overwatcher because I didn't write any of the music. Sure. So to me, I'm like, this is awesome, you know, even though I, you know, totally. sang on it. No, I get but. that. I, I think that I could, I would do well to like feel that more often, which would mean letting go of a lot of uh, quote unquote control, you know. But those fucking guitar parts are crazy. <laughs> Thank you. I play them. Yeah. <laughs> I do them. I, like, I do the I things. love it, man. It's like, I, for anyone listening, I cannot recommend this record highly, more highly. It's. I cannot recommend this record highly. <laughs> I cannot. I can't <laughs> recommend For anyone it. listening, I cannot Fuck recommend this record, this record highly. Uh, Fuck you. It's straight up garbage. <laughs> um, no, I can't recommend it more highly. It's. I mean, that means a lot. Especially if you. if you like any part of any of the genres that we have discussed over this whole <laughs> podcast, you're going to fucking love this record. Because also, too, I mean, the thing is, is with that and your struggle of am I or whatever, like one of the things that really grabs you is like kind of a certain sense of nostalgia that that you don't hear very often anymore, you know, and that. It brings you back to like a time and a place. Like I don't feel I'm a married man. I don't feel like a lot of those yeah, like things totally. <laughs> anymore. But I know what it was like to yeah. feel those things, yeah, yeah. you know. And it it certainly brought me on a pretty nostalgic journey, you know. That's cool. Yeah, that's a word that people say to me a lot about my own music, and it's interesting to me. I don't I don't know why that that's the common theme, but I I'm I'm really flattered by that and like intrigued by that. That's cool. Because I, I mean, I think that's important. I think people need to remember where they came from, and like, I think music is the best way to that. Absolutely, and it, it recenters you a lot of times. Like, it can be confusing. Nostalgia can be confusing, but I think nostalgia is actually really good to recenter, like where you came from and what what you're about. Yeah. yeah. Well. Well. Well, shit, we're done. Well, shit. You can cut it, Kyle. All right, well, thank you to Julian for coming on and doing a little track-by-track breakdown. Uh, Again, please go check out his new album, Blame Anywhere, Spotify, Apple Music, whatever. Just go freaking listen to that record. Uh, And if you'd like to become a supporter of The Local Wave, check us out at patreon.com slash the local wave. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash the local wave. We got a bunch of cool... Uh, stuff you can sign up for and uh, donate to us monthly it's super help us out also um, if you're on apple podcasts please give us a rating and review it helps us out a lot Uh, i want to thank kyle at the tiny tape room for always producing and coming up with cool ideas and being uh, the best producer a podcast host could ask for thank you to charles at platoon for the logo and branding lucas at the sanctuary for all the visuals And as always, thank you for listening. Be a fan of your friends and love one another.